It's now time for the Monday Breakdown with Mick Gannon, Dean Watling and Mitch Lewis. Let's welcome in the team. Hello to you, Dean Watling, DeanWatling.com. Yes, good morning, fellas. Massive weekend. And Mitchie Lewis, mate, you're on the stinger on the opener. It's, it's a nice way to start a Monday morning. Hello to you, Mitchie yeah. Lewis. Hi, boys. Yeah, that, you, you know you've made it when you're in a stinger, haven't you? So, yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to it. It was a ripper weekend. Yes, you do know. You do know. You, <laughs> you do know that you've made it when you're in a stinger. Ghetto, ghetto. Yeah, morning, G, Mitchie, Dino. Good to have you uh, on the stinger now, Mitchie. I love I, it. I saw Dino there. He stayed with me across the weekend. <laughs> and um, what a very interesting times in our life. Uh, <laughs> Dino, you were, you were in fine form on, on and off the track there. And um, I'm just wondering how you pulled up today. Yeah, I pulled up um, res- uh, yeah, surprisingly well. Okay. I think um, yesterday was a bit of a struggle. But hey, it's Monday. you got to reset. you got to get on with it. But no, you it was do. one of the better weekends. Been in good time, makes a good mates, and yourself, G, across the Cox Plate day. Oh, oh, day. Is that a whack? Yeah, it was a great day, Cox Plate day. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Last time I saw Dino, I was passed out on my toilet, but I'm good to see he's recovered. <laughs> he's, he's, a, <laughs> he's a great man, Dino. Hey, um, let's have a chat about this weekend's racing because the highlight was, of course, our great race, the WS Cox Plate. Zaki claims King Colorado. Of blood is right there. Romantic Warrior four deep, a length and a half off them. Mr. Brightside off the fence needs room, and then came Jewess into the straight. Alligator Blood at the 200 took the front. Romantic Warrior the outside. Alligator Blood at the hundred. Romantic Warrior Mr. Brightside still Alligator Blood. Mr. Brightside coming at it with Romantic Warrior. It's a photo finish. Mr. Brightside or Romantic Warrior. It's a photo finish. Alligator. Thank you so much. I've got so much faith in this horse and, oh my God, I thought I got beat. And the camera didn't follow me. And I just went, oh, I can't say what I said, but I can't believe we won the Cox Plate. <laughs> it means so much. I've had so much to do with him. I've been singing his praises, how much he's improved. I needed to get a good run. And I felt I gave him the best possible run I can. and could, I should say, and uh, we won the good fight, baby! And second, I want to say, I come from China, Hong Kong, the Hong Kong Jockey Cup, Danny some team, thank you very much! <laughs> I'm very happy, I don't know how to tell you how happy I am, but I tell you, I'm really, really, very happy. I like to thank Peter, Peter, the owner, made the decision to come here, James McDonald, all the team, all the Hong Kong fans, my wife, Christy, my son, Aaron. I love you. I love you. <laughs> yeah, that was Danny Shum. Love, love Danny Shum in Australia. He's been excellent with the media. Love his passion. Love his love for the game. And James McDonald can take a bow as well. What a ride on Romantic Warriors. So much to unpack. We'll start with the winner here, Mickey Gannon. It was J-Mac at his best, Barry. Seven. He did everything right. He got into a perfect spot. He then allowed Alligator Blood to come off the fence. And then he, he got some cover and a nice cut into the race. And uh, Macca lifted Romantic Warrior over the line, the concluding stages. And basically, he helped train this horse as well. So it was a <laughs> it was a, a big effort from J-Mac. He's a wonderful horse, Romantic Warrior, to do what he was able to do. Um, and, um, yeah, it was, it was great to see him win. Your thoughts on Romantic Warrior? He was enormous. The tempo that was set... Um... 
Mr. Dot Com will uh, rattle off some numbers for us in a minute, but the tempo was looked to the eye just very, very fast. And it was a super ride, super training performance, and just an effort of a really, really high class horse. And I'm glad we got to see him because what we saw in the Turnbull and Leader wasn't him. And what we got to see in the Cox Plate was sensational. Dean Watling, it was a lesson I think we all learned a little bit that you you got to make sure that you profile these horses, you understand where these horses are coming from, what their setup is like, and and we saw the improvement. J Mac and Danny Shum were telling us he would improve after that Turnbull Stakes, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah, it's one of the hardest things to figure out you know, where a horse is at. And, uh, is it there to win? Is it not there to win? How much has he improved? But uh, I think we saw a little entree with Westwind's blows out of the Turnbull and Romantic Glory was the main course. He came out in improved lengths. I think the key to it, anything other than three weeks, I don't think he wins this race. But that three weeks between runs, um, James sang its praise. And he, he made an interesting comment post-race. And looking at the sectional times, they've gone incredibly hard at the 600-metre mark. So letting Alligator Blood out and sort of settling a pair worse off in the run. And James said it was the winning move and you can review the data and it backs it up 100%. They've gone really hard. So I think if he settles maybe a, cl a pair closer, he's not as strong late. So fantastic. I thought it was great for the race. It added so much interest and angles. Um, Danny Shum's an absolute character. J-Mac, like you said, Gareth, pretty much trained the horse as well. So no, it was, it was fascinating. And I, to be honest, I thought he got beat. I thought Brightside yeah. won, but... Um, that photo, yeah. I caught up with J-Mac um, last night, Mitch, and, and like he, he made a point that if it wasn't at Mooney Valley, if, if this race was at Flemington, he probably gets beat. He he said he just loved the valley and he rode like a greyhound. And I thought he was, like I said, to, I thought he wobbled just a little bit on that final final turn, but Mac has said he just loved, he loved the valley. And he, that was the, that was the track that if he said, as I said, if it was at Flemington, he says he probably doesn't win a Cox Plate, but um, he, he enjoyed a lovely, lovely run and he was too good in the end, Mitchy. Yeah. It's interesting. Is it correct that they say it's quite similar? Is it happy Valley yeah, that this correct. track's quite similar? Yeah. 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 So it's, it's not a surprise that he's probably really enjoyed it. So that's probably a good indicator that some of these other Hong Kong trainers might have a look at that sort of setup. Like it could be a blueprint for others going forwards, but yeah, J-Max ride was critical. It, there's that little middle stage where he's got the ability to just sort of cool him down a little bit. He slows up some sectionals between the 1200 and the 600 and then he storms over the top late. So yeah, it was an incredible ride and you know, he's lived up to expectation, yeah. Romantic Warrior. All right then, Dan, and we'll bring it up, Mr. Brightside. You were so good on Thursday with uh, your explanation why you thought Mr. Brightside should be clear second pick in the market. And um, he missed the kick. And I thought, geez, he's in a little bit of trouble, but geez, he mustered to get into a lovely spot. Craig Williams gave him a peach of a ride. And I think everybody thought that he won, even the people at Mooney Valley when they put up the wrong streamers after the line. Oh, Dino. no. Was you, were you the one that pushed that button, Dino? <laughs> <laughs> it probably wasn't me. Um, he was fantastic. I think the, the ride that we got to celebrate, that was phenomenal. Missed the kick. He just weaved his way through, found leaders back, which we all thought he was going to be with, but with all the horses jostling for positions and Craig's just slept up there and said, here we are boys. And I think the grandstand, the sun was on the track and then the, the shade obviously with the grandstand in the last sort of 50 metres, you you saw Mr. Brightside sort of find a length and then Romantic Mori couldn't really see it too well with the, the shadow on the track, but he was phenomenal. And he's the biggest tick out of it. He's ran a strong um, 2,040 yeah. metres. So I think that just opened so many doors for him. And if they do kick on, 
What do they drop back to the Champions Mile or the 2000 metre race? What do they do now? But one of the better rides you'll ever see in a, in a Group 1 final. And I think that just praises how good Craig Williams is. He's had a lot of sort of stuff go on this spring. But on the big day, uh, in the big race, he stood up and gave Mr. Brights an absolute peach. Mickey, surprised me. I didn't think he would get a strong 2,000 metres after watching him in a King Charles. I thought that he might be looking for 2,000, but I just thought he raced a little bit flat in that King Charles. And I don't think he was at his best in Sydney, but hats off to the Hayes boys again. They've been able to get him to to do what he did there on Saturday. And he does go to the Champions Mile. So if he pulls up okay, that's where he goes next. It's interesting, isn't it, G? I think... The best three, the best three rides was probably finished one, two, three. I think that was probably we can take out of it. TC was enormous, you know. Poor old TC on Alligator Blood. It's only been beaten a pimple. Yeah, and ended up running third, like yeah. phenomenal, phenomenal stuff from all three of those. He looked like um, the winner. Of the blood. And horses. He looked like he the did. winner too. He did, and he, he you know, it's, it was just a fantastic race. The build up was phenomenal. It was everything. Uh, it was set up to be. It was amazing. So, Jewett, was she unlucky, Mitch? Yeah, I'd say so. She just sort of had a little bit of trouble getting clear there with Romantic Warrior just on the outside. Obviously, if she had tried to whip out, she probably clips his heels. And if you have a look at it, Damien Oliver sort of goes quite easy to the line, doesn't he? Because he's sort of got no choice. So with clear running air, you know, she probably is a sniff closer to him. But drawn barrier one, it was always going to be the case. Just back on Mr. Brightside and Alligator Blood, I thought there's a couple of differences there that Craig Williams' ride was so good given the fact he took the risk to stay to the inside. I don't think Tim Clark really wanted to do that, but perhaps if Alligator Blood hadn't have come out wider and left that gap for Mr. Brightside to go in, if Alligator Blood had have stuck to the rails, perhaps he could have snuck up and got that same run and won the race, saving a length on the turn. But it's like I said, it's a bit of ifs and buts. He's probably worried about King Colorado coming into his lap, but yeah. such a good ride yeah. from Craig to take that risk. Yeah, Craig rode, he rode the house down. I thought Timmy Clark did nothing wrong either. And um, Joe Ash, yeah, I wouldn't say he's done anything wrong. No, it's just one of those things, yeah. isn't it? It's an ifs and buts that in in hindsight, mm. it's a beautiful thing. But you know, also, King Colorado could end up in your lap and you end up finishing eighth. So Yeah, yeah. and that's your spot on, Mitch. And you'd much rather him be in the finish yeah. than finish eighth. So what he's a, pulled the right rein. Gold trip, Melbourne Cup. Now, Without a fight, Mark Sarr, I think we indicated on this show last Wednesday, that's the way he would go. And he, he made that decision straight after the race, basically Saturday. I think, I think talking to Mark late last week that he had made that decision to be riding without a fight after the Caulfield Cup. I think he's got no doubt in his mind that he'll get a strong two miles. So J-Mac picks up the ride. He defeats Benny Mellon with the, the, the fight to ride gold trip. And it was amazing watching the betting there yesterday with Bet365. So obviously Bet365 and a few of the other shops think that Mark Sarr is a terrible judge because Gold Trip's into $4.50 now and the clear second favourite where without a fight it's at $7 for a Melbourne Cup. What did you make of his Cox Plate run, Mitchie, and, and your thoughts on, on that move for a Melbourne Cup? I'm not surprised with the move. So he's fastest last 400, fastest last 200 of the race. He's just got going, you know, right at the end of it. So obviously stepping up in trip. I know he's got the big weight, but he did it last year. To me, it's not a dissimilar sort of setup to last year. So I'm not surprised that the market sort of come for him. And then there's the J-Mac factor as well, that everybody's going to gravitate towards that. So I still think he's a sniff in the Melbourne Cup for sure. Dino and then Mickey. 
Yeah, he was great. The track was a, a good three. So anything he did there, you can add a couple of lengths or a length or so if he does get a wet track. I think it might be a little bit of a, a false sense of security in the sense that he's going terrific, but I think he still is. But now he's got to carry weight over 3,200. I just think it's a complete opposite setup to um, the Cox Plate. And I think when we get closer to the race, I think we'll see those horses a lot closer together. I wouldn't even be surprised if Westwind blows, maybe starts, uh, sorry, without a fight, starts in front of Gold Trip Ghetto. Yeah, that, that that's four dollars. Was it four dollars fifty seven dollars? No, he's five dollars now. Vorban four fifty without a fight out to eight dollars. Yeah, that gap's too big. I, yeah. I think they should both be the same price. Yeah. Um, Solkham at nine dollars. I think he'll. I don't know if he'll jump better, but he he just has to. Well, he has to jump better. He's got to draw a gate. Well, it doesn't really matter if he draws a gate. He drew a gate in the Caulfield yeah. Cup and he missed it six lengths. He just needs to bloody mm. jump. But what I'm saying in this year's Melbourne Cup. So you got Vorband four fifty, Gold Trip five without a fight eight dollars, Solcom nine, Absurd fifteen. He's a nine year old. Break up at fifteen, the the Japanese horse, and then we've got La Stotchka at twenty one dollars, which is a French galloper now with Mick Price and Michael Kent Jr. And then that's it. Cleveland can't win a cup. Future history nah, can't win a twice. cup. Valiant King, Vow and Declare, Ash Run, Military Mission. It's a cup that drops off pretty quickly. So there's going to be a lot of road roadblocks, I would imagine, at certain stages in this year's cup. So horses like Gold Trip and Jay Mac, you wanna you don't wanna be you don't wanna be stopping at a stop sign at the eight hundred meter mark. Um, so it's going to be a fascinating cup, but for the first time for a long time, I don't think you'd have to put too many in your first four, I would imagine, Mickey. Mm. Looks a bit, yeah, it looks a bit thin. Looks a bit thin, GD. I haven't had a deep dive into the Melbourne Cup yet, but is there any uh, lightweight internationals? No. No, no I don't think so. Well, Maybe that like that, those horses from Joseph O'Brien. Yeah, that you saw they are, the that's, they're Cup. the ones I'll be looking at. Yeah. Anything in, anything with 53 kilos or 54 kilos and less train in, you know, trained by one of those UK trainers, they'll just... But no, there's not, there's not, there's, there's nothing like that, Mickey. So you've got Okita Sushi that's got Kerry McAvoy that's been booked, but he'll need to improve 10 lengths from his Caulfield mm. Cup effort. So, okay. um, Valley, and that's it. He's the only one. Valley King would need to improve. Um, Do you know what weight uh, without a fight gets, G? He gets 56 and a half, I think. Okay. I'll double check that, but he's got yep. yeah fifty six yeah, and a half here, yeah fifty six. So he's he gets two kilos on on Gold Trip. Yep, yep. We'll talk about the Melbourne Cup as we get closer. Probably this time next week, we'll talk about the Melbourne Cup. Mm. So that's uh, that's on Gold Trip. Fangirl, I thought didn't have much luck, Mickey Gaddon, and this is probably you're the best person to ask about Fangirl here. Um, she started six fifty, so you made an absolute dead set fortune in the in the end uh, with your price there at thirty dollars. Every, so, every man and his dog wanted the twenty nine dollars. Gano was yeah, apparently and I will tell up. you what, Gano, at the end of the day, you were right, son. So well done. Um, yeah, thank you, mate. Yeah. So, so I don't think I think I don't know. I don't think she goes to Flemington. I think they'll make up their decision midweek whether she goes to Flemington. But she might have had enough this prep. Yeah, when we spoke to Chris on Saturday, G, the suggestion was I think this was this was her last race of the yep. preparation. Um, but she was phenomenal. She was really, really good. Um, she ran a really strong 2,040 meters. So probably got that piece a bit wrong, I'd say. Um, well, not a bit wrong, very wrong. Uh, but it's just hard with these horses. A lot of people came out in bags. I can, I'll, I'll be interested to hear the views of you, of, of you three gentlemen here. I actually thought Zach's ride was really, really good going along back to the inside. From that 1,000 to the 400, he did everything right bar get luck 
he he didn't go wide off a hard tempo. If he had have gone four wide off a fast tempo, the horse wouldn't have finished where it did. No, I totally That's, agree. Zach Purdy. So I, he's, he, I reckon he's done amazingly well from the thousand four hundred and got bad luck. I don't know. What he, do you think, lads? He pulled every he he pulled all the the right reins there. Um, Zach Purton, he just needed a little bit of luck. It's a bit like Bo Mertens in the Phillies Classic. Now, it was a gem of a ride. It was the it was the best ride of the day. It was the bravest ride. And he had to ride for some luck and he got some luck. And if Zach got Bo Mertens luck, and then he's a hero. But um, that yeah. wasn't the case, Dino. Yeah, well, I think that's why we preface so much horses with tactical speed and we praise them because they can put themselves in a position where you don't need luck. And that's the issue with Fangirl. We know yeah. she's a... An elite uh, mare, but with her racing pattern and the gait she drew, she was always going to get back and need luck. So I thought the ride was great. Like you said, you know, the query would have been the 2,000 metres. So the way to offset that is you want the kindest running transit, which is sneak up under on the bend. Exactly. Um, and he just didn't get luck late, Zach, aboard her. But um, you can't knock the ride at all. I thought it was great. And probably moving forward now, I, I was heavily against a, a, a strong 2,000 metres. But potentially moving forward, um, I would probably reshape my opinion on that and probably give her a pass mark off that uh, run for sure. Mitchie? Yeah, um, I'm lucky you just touched on Dino. I don't think Zach had much choice. He was always going to have to get back. And that's probably why we were willing to risk her. Um, look, even still with a little bit more luck, I'm not sure... I watched the race about 20 times again this morning and she would have went closer, but I'm not sure she would have picked up yeah. the winners. So yeah. Yeah. Um, he had no choice. I, I wouldn't pot him for that ride. What were you going to do from that barrier? And especially with that other speed influences outside that you knew were going to cross you. So yeah. All Good right. ride. Oh, back her in next year's Cox plate. She'd probably be a sniff there. We're running a little bit late militarized. I think Zach Lloyd, if he had his time again, he would have kicked up and held that spot. Um, I know that horse got a little bit keen, but he was on a three-year-old with 49 and a half on his back. But I think he was inexperienced militarized anyway. Um, Victoria, yeah, they'll, they'll both improve for that, yeah. Zach and militarized. Mm, um, 100%. Yeah, Victoria Road, um, must. there must be something wrong with him. Um, we'll get an update there with Johnny O'Neill. My Oberon outclass, pinstripe, got a bad draw. Um, he probably did his best and King Colorado was outclassed and I didn't mind the tactics there, but he just wasn't good enough. Agree yep. there, lads? Yeah, spot on. Yeah, I think spot on. King Colorado, a little bit of a forgive the way how hard they went. Not yep. surprised to see him drop out. Zaki probably credible to stick on. Oh, from we that forgot tempo, about so. Zaki. What about the old campaign of Zaki? Like he could win a champion's stakes. He loves Flemington. That was well, a he's mighty had, he's, come, he's come into the Cox Plate of 42 days as yeah. well. So you're spot on, G. That could be his... his Big race. Um, I think he's a better champion stakes chance than a champion's mile with all those horses yep. going back to the champion's mile. Zaki's $9. He might be worth a punt. Oh, boy, Zaki. Because you've got horses like Fangirl won't go there. Brightside won't go there. There you go. Bet 365. Zaki, gamble responsibly. His value there, $9. Because half those horses won't be going there. Fangirl, Joaz, Prowess. I think she will go there, but we'll talk about her a little later. Right side won't go there and blood will go to the mile as well. 8.25, this is the Monday breakdown on Giddy Up. Great to have your company. Let's take a break. We'll come back with so much more as we relive that big day at Mooney Valley on Saturday.
Santino back in a pocket and Mustang Valley to the outside. Tuvalu had a kick. 250 metres to go a length. Just Foku crabs round the corner. There's a gap for Prowess if she's good enough. And then Banker's Choice Antino runs up behind them. Tuvalu just in front of Prowess. Antino the inside and Just Folk hanging tough. Prowess stomps up. Took the front Prowess and Prowess just beat Antino. Third Tuvalu, fourth Just Folk from Banker's Choice. And so that was an interesting crystal mole, but Prowess Mickey Gaddon got the job done inside gate. Mark Zara had a lovely run. He's just riding in brilliant form, Zara, at the moment. That was four winners on the day. And it would have been interesting to see how she would have went into Cox Plate. She didn't have that spring set back at the start of her spring, but she'll head to Flemington now, most likely in the champion stakes, I think. So she's $6 there with bet 365, Mickey. Yeah, she was really good and she'll only keep improving, G. Got run of the race stuff as we touched on Saturday morning. But uh, yeah, look, she's definitely one you can follow with confidence moving forward. Mitchie Lewis, could you back her in a champion stakes? I think so. What I'd be saying, though, is I'd be waiting to see who goes where. So if if we're right and Brightside goes to the mile and Alligator Blood goes to the mile, then maybe, you know what I mean, you could probably back her with some confidence. But if Blood stays in the 2000, you know, it gets a little bit tricky like that. But they had this year's Cox Plate in mind, so there's obviously a good opinion about her. Yep. What do you think, Dino? Yeah, the race is rated really well. I'd be confident backing her or taking her wherever she goes next, albeit obviously, like Mitchie said, wait and see what the field looks like. But uh, compared to Wish All Lasses race, they've rated around two lengths uh, superior. I thought it was a, a really good win. And what do we do with Antino? He just had absolutely no luck. He copped just folk in his lap on the turn. He probably should have won the race. Um, yeah, just an unlucky preparation all around for them. So do you think he wins, Antino? Dino? Yeah, I think uh, you, you watch the footage and Prowess is off a bit sort of building the revs as Antino's stuck up behind them. Obviously, Antino had his chance late, but similar to what J-Mac and they, they talk about with Brightside, I think any other track, he, he builds the revs, Antino, in clearer air and probably runs over top. He's not a horse with a short, sharp turn of foot, um, but he can sustain a good run. So I just think that just folk falling in his lap just cost him yeah. the victory there. And yeah, I thought he would have won with a clearer passage. It was interesting. He sort of needed to hold the breeze there, Blake, or pull out three wide when Macca was coming. I know Macca was trying to flush him out, um, but he, he needed to make a decision there. Or he just had to ride for luck and he didn't get luck, Mickey. That's the punt that they take. That's the game we play, G. Um, Mitchie Lewis, what would you make of Antino so going to a champion's mile as well? Could he, could he mix it with alligator blood and a horse like a, a Mr. Brightside? Or do you think he's a little outclassed against them? Yeah, not for me on how yeah. they're going, um, how they've come out of that Cox play, I don't think. I, I think yeah. they're just a step above. Okay. Mickey Gannon? Yeah, I agree with Mitchie yeah. for sure. I think Prowess is a horse I could follow just continuing through the distances. Um, so happy to stick with it. And just with Tuvalu, they didn't go as quick as we all thought that they would go, Dino. No, they're still going steady enough. The horse was obviously okay, but just had a, a preparation, probably that, that gap between runs and maybe the fitness gave out late. I'm not sure. Obviously, it's off to Perth. So that's what we've got to figure out. Was he there to win that race? Yes, he was probably there to win, but was he fully yeah. prepped up? Or did his grand final? No. Um, so he'll take good improvement off that off to Perth. I think he's perfectly placed over there. And that's what we've got to figure out with Prowess and Antino. Antino's had four runs. Prowse is only other one. So improvement-wise into Champions Day, it's going to be a little bit of a debate with a lot of these horses in that sense. A lot of them are going to be 
fifth, sixth up, and we might see some fresh blood. They might not be the better horses, but they've got improvement to come and maybe catch them at the, the right time in their preparation. So Tuvalu's $8.50 in a railway stakes, the second favourite over Al Safina, which is a likely train galloper for Grant and Alana Williams. Just having a look at the champion stakes market again. So West Wind Blows, we know he goes there, 325. Alligator Blood and Mr. Brightside to the, to the mile. Prowess is at 650. Jill adds at $8. Do you give her a chance in a race like that, Mickey? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. From what we saw last start in, in the Cox Plate, for sure. Who's a better chance, Zaki or Juaz, in the champion stakes at Flemington? Oh, barrier dependent, track dependent come yep. that Saturday afternoon. But uh, price-wise, I'd take Zaki at the $9 over Juaz at 8 Dino? Yeah, I think Zaki's probably got a touch more upside, obviously. Had that setback prior to the Cox Plate, he'll improve an absolute stack off that run. Mitchie? Yeah, I'd want to see the barriers. Um, if if Zaki draws twelve again, yeah. he's got to do the same as what he did. I, I don't think he'll be his chance, but if he gets the run of the race, yeah, I, I think he's probably the sniff there. An alligator blood four dollars, Mister Brightside four fifty. Think about it; won't be there for the champion's mile. And Tino six dollars, Fangirl unlikely at six, Prowess eleven, Tuvalu thirteen, Attrition fifteen. So Legato's an interesting run. She goes to the. Eagle on Saturday, but she's at 15. So host of those horses unlikely to go there. Maybe Buckaroo in the champion stakes could be an each way play about $21 in a race like that. But for the champions mile at the moment, it looks like it's a match race between the two, the two warriors and alligator blood and Mr. Brightside. 839, send in your text messages. The best text message today wins a $50 voucher at the Osborne rooftop. And Dean Watling can say, well, he can, you know, like 10 of yeah, them. He, he was dominating there at the Osborne rooftop there on Saturday night. So um, a $50 voucher at the Osborne Rooftop and Bar in South Yarra. So you can join us at the Osborne Rooftop and Bar South Yarra for the ultimate Melbourne Cup Day celebration. 8.39, let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll see what everybody has to say about Imperatrice. I don't know if we can get Milo on the phone. Uh, no, we won't. <laughs> we'll take a break and come back with plenty more. If, it, if that's the case, then you guys go and put your money on Imperatrice at $1.50 here at the Valley, and uh, and I'll watch you lose it. But Imperatrice glides around the corner, three lengths in front of Uncommon James, then I am me up the middle, but Imperatrice called upon, still three lengths in front, and the Tangerine Tsunami's going to do it again. Imperatrice won it well, second me, Uncommon James, all the... Imperative. She was awesome in Paratree. It was a little concerning watching her go to the gate. Jacko, um, Miles is going to be happy with you f- fixing it up once again. That wasn't me, Milo. That was Jacko laying the boots in when you're down. Um, How good a mate? No, we love Milo. And you know what? Everybody can have an opinion and, he's, and he, gets, oh, he, gets it, he gets it right more than he gets it wrong, Milo. But um, Imperatrice was sensational. She was... She was playing up big time in the parade ring and she needed two clerk of the, the, the course horses to take her to the gates. Um, and then she was nearly the reason for the delay. Oh, no, and Buddhist Notches was playing up and was scratched, of course, at the gate. So she jumped so well and then she led. And once she got that run she, she had, she was never going to get beat, Mickey. Yeah, she was super. I didn't foresee her going to the front the way she did, but... When she got there, she proved she was uh, the best sprinter in Australia. And uh, look, full credit to Milo for putting them on the line. Um, but uh, sometimes we get them wrong, don't we, G? Milo was just Milo will come and say, Buddhist Nutches would have destroyed her. He was <laughs> scratched right, at on, the mate. gates, Dino. Not a chance. <laughs> oh, he probably will. But yeah, it's, it's a funny one, isn't it? The only way she was going to get beat was bad luck. 
in my opinion. And the way you offset bad luck, lead them up. So it was an arrogant win. Um, and we forget that she's a 1,200 to 1,400-meter horse you know, day in, day out. She's just won over 1,000 meters twice this preparation. I've been at the Valley. Um, phenomenal horse. I think Gunnar summed it up. She's the best sprinter we have in Australia. Mitchie Lewis? I think a little bit in fairness to Milo here, if you had have told him that she was getting out of the wind, who expected that she would jump and lead at the Valley and put herself right in the A position? I think he was willing to risk her because he thought she'd be near the back, but I just thought that was super. Why not let her go if she's jumped that well? So great run. The most intriguing thing I thought's coming out of that race was the proven thoroughbred challenge that they threw down on Twitter, but not, not willing to bring private eye or think about it down to the champions. If, yeah, well, if you're going to throw it out there on Twitter, you you may as well, you know. Well, that's the problem, isn't somewhere. it? With so many different options, we're not going to see, think about it, take on a pair of trees. And I think I asked a few people yesterday, I think it's divided opinion. Some are in think about it's team and the others are in Imperatrice. Think about it. We just don't know his ceiling. What, he's 10 from 11. He's won an Everest. He's won a Stradbroke. He just keeps on winning. Imperatrice, she's got a big test down the straight against In Secret. In fact, I don't know what you boys are thinking here. Um, I'm with In Secret at the prices at the moment with Bet365, the world's favorite online betting brand. What's gambling really costing you for free and confidential support? Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. So In Secret on... That's final Saturday of the carnival in the champion sprint. She is currently the second favourite with bet 365 into 350 now. Imperatrice is a dollar eighty as Fura 13, Star Patrol 13, and then front page and cylinder. So basically it's a match race in two, Mickey Gannon. Which mare are you with? The Aussie the Aussie star or the Kiwi star? No, Imperatrice will um We'll be beating in secret, G, right. but I do understand your position on price for sure. I don't think you want to be taking dollar eighty per se, but yeah, yeah Imperatrice will beat in secret, mate. Flemington straight in secret loves it, Dino. She does. She has an outstanding record, and Imperatrice has never been down there. So talking early, Mark, I think we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. I think in secret was around six dollars. So obviously yeah. a couple have come out, so she's um, shortened, but it just adds another layer to this. Oh, I wouldn't be betting too soon. I'll be waiting for the race, but um. As a horse, I think Imperatrice is a two to three length better horse, or not a two to three length, probably one to two length better horse than In Secret. Um, in all fairness, yeah, you just if Imperatrice is the best sprinter in Australasia, potentially the world, she needs to win this race. Correct, but she's yep. so good around Mooney Valley, so good. Um, it's a different. Yeah, she's challenge. proven outside of Mooney Valley, right? She's yes, she's... but she's she's. This is her first time down the straight. It'll she could be, be better. Yep, she could be better. Mm. That's scary, that's isn't the it? Great unknown. And she takes on a horse that we know is a superb straight horse. And we all think that she's a better, like in secret, it's a better straight horse than going around the bend. And there's Who rides argument, in secret, G? Um, J-Mac. J-Mac. And there's argument to say that she should have won an Everest, like she, if she drew a nice game. Yep. So it's going to be a great race. I've got something to, I've got, a, this annoys the hell out of me, this. And I think racing, especially in the sprint races, need to do something about it. So... But it's not just playing up in the gate and for a minute or so they try and work out to to work out the problem with this horse. He had his his, his foot up and they tried to um, look after him, which they need to do. So he's playing up in the gate for a good old for for a good minute or so. I am me, the Inferno, Jigsaw, all these horses are in the gates for a good three or four minutes. These are sprinters, all right? So then they take out Buddhist Nonches. And while this is happening, Imperatrice is just walking around by herself out the back. 
Yeah. And then they get rid of Buddhist notches. Imperatrice goes straight in. No wonder she jumped three lengths in front. The others were yeah. asleep. So in this yeah, situation, in a small field, when there's so much on the line, take all those horses out, give them a walk around, and then load them back up. Especially when there's only, um, what, five or so horses. They, it was only three or four horses they needed to do that for. It's such an unfair advantage, especially in a big race, because what that does, it completely changes speed maps. And you saw horses like I and me begin slowly because they were flat-footed because she was sitting in the barriers for three or so minutes, which is unfair advantage. Yeah, it's a fair point you bring up, G. Absolutely, you're spot on. The only problem you've got now is, you know, how many horses? What's what's you know what what's the field size? If it's a field of 22, mm. do you do you have to pull all 22 out? Like, yeah. but but you're right. They need to look at it. And they need we'll to find scratch. a better way because yep. being in there for three minutes is a is a distinct um, disadvantage. Yep. yep. And in if there's bigger fields, they just got to make a tough decision and unfortunately scratch horses. Horses shouldn't be penalised for being in the gates for a longer period, especially in sprint races when it can be the difference from winning and losing. Wishlaw, that's the first to straighten. 200 metres to go, two lengths, sole choice, Osmos, and then came Thalassophile. Wishlaw, Lass, 100 metres to go. Osmos and Marikana late, but it's all Wishlaw, Lass, and Wishlaw, Lass did it well by over a length. Head bob a second. So she's a good horse, Wishlaw, Lass. I saw her in the mounting yard. I was with David Taggart next door on um, SEN track afternoons, and he said she's just a little darling. She looked a, a treat once again. I hope she backs up in the Empire Rose. Because the Empire Rose, because of the invitation there on Saturday, just lacks a little bit of quality for mine come Saturday. But Mitchie Lewis, she was impressive, the Warnable Galloper once again. Yeah, I thought she was impressive. They sort of she sort of put them to the sword early. They nearly went ten lengths faster to the first six hundred. So that's just sort of put her in a great spot. And then she's eased up and still had enough left to hold them all off. So yeah, I'd like to see her go around again. Um, but whether or not she does, I'm not sure. Oh, impressive run, in my opinion. Yeah, we've got a tissue at $6. Hope in your heart, $5 for the Empire Rose. Prowess, I don't think, goes there at $6. Espiona at 8 Princess Grace at 8 Life Lessons at 11 Pride of Jenny at 11 And then Wishlaw Lasses at $15. Is she what about, great? is Madame Pommery in there? She was one that Madame we followed Pommery, last week. Um, no, she's not. Mm. Not in the market. Oh, yes, she is. $26, Madame Pommery. She could be worth a play. There you go. I like that, Mitchie Lewis. Mickey Gannon? Nah, this is a race Dino might know more about yep. than me, G. Dino? Yeah, she was great. I potted her and said that um, she hadn't been doing too much on the clock. She had to go up the weight, but like Mitchie said, the ride was outstanding by D Lane. He sort of pushed the button early, strung him out, and then got the midweek bre uh, mid-race breather that he needed, and she was still strong late. Um, she was outstanding. She was in great form, and yeah, I got that rolling. Osmo's crabbed around the bend. A, a different track for her will be good. And Philosophile doing what Philosophile does, uh, charging to the line. So they're probably two that we could follow, second or third, back to a bigger track, a Flemington or a Caulfield. So, yeah, Osmo, you're not giving up on her, Dino? No, I'm not. I thought she was good. Um, what races for her probably... during Flemington? Uh, I think she goes to Matriarch. I okay. think that's up 2,000 yep. metres. Uh, I'm not too sure, but um, yeah, I think she just didn't handle the band. I think the dry track as well, the good four, she didn't quite let down. I think a little bit of a more juice in the ground up in trip and she'll be taking third up ready to go. 0499736736. I'll get to your text messages straight after the nine o'clock news. The best text message today wins a $50 voucher for the Osborne Rooftop and Bar in South Yarra. Join us at the Osborne Rooftop and Bar South Yarra for the ultimate Melbourne Cup Day celebration. We'll also take a look at our boy Tommy Kitten after his performance in the Spring Champion Stakes.
as well, plus horses to follow. Nine o'clock. This is the Monday breakdown this Monday morning as we recap that big weekend of racing, especially at Mooney Valley and also at Randwick. We're also taking a look at some of these future markets ahead of Flemington on Saturday. And it's Golden Eagle Day and Giga Kick Day there at Rose Hill on Saturday as well. This was an impressive performance by a three-year-old filly that could be mighty hard to beat come the 1,000 guineas. Skybird is last, coming around the turn at the 300 metres. Grinzinger Bell had a kick in the locker. A length and a quarter of Prillia. Karina Queen stokes up behind them. Skybird getting up on the inside. Grinzinger Bell stacked them up, went for home. A length and a half, Karina Queen. And Skybird's coming now. Grinzinger Bell, look at Skybird over the top. Sprouting weeks and one. Skybird has just now Grinzinger Bell, Karina Queen. Yeah, she's very handy. Um, very well handled. He had to be very patient, but... You know, before the race, I said to him, I'm going to leave it up to you. If you, you go inside them and and try and, and try and get it done that way, so be it. She's pretty tractable and, and knows how to get through them. Um, I thought Craig Williams and, and Mick D were the horses to, to try and get on the back of and, and pick their way through them that way. And, and it turned out they were right in front of him. And, uh, yeah, he was able to get off heels late and, and win. Um, I walked the track uh, earlier in the day and I knew it was going to be tricky for her. But uh, great ride. Um, he can't do much wrong for us at the moment, so we'll, we'll take it. Yeah, Bo Merton's on fire. It was the ride of the day. Skybird now four dollars. We bet three six five for a thousand guineas. Curvalonte at five dollars, and then commemorative. She goes that way at six fifty. Mickey Gannon, she is something else. Skybird. Yeah, she's impressive, and all you can do is win. And it was some win at that, some ride. Very, very good stuff. Uh, interesting in the tempo. Didn't look like they went too fast. Um, no. Dino there. Yeah. No, they've absolutely crawled. They've got about eight lengths slower than the average to the six. I think that's key to her win. She sort of found that two to three lengths and was only sort of two lengths off the leader on the turn when they really slackened the speed. I think that helped her. Obviously, Grinzella Bell like, pinched a length and a half sort of on the turn, which I think harder your mouth stuff, but Bo Mertz just weaved his way through. So she was phenomenal. Turn of foot. The only way she was going to get beaten was the barrier, and it nearly did beat her, but she backed up the phenomenal run at Bendigo as well, Mitchie. Yeah, I was I was against her on that race map. I thought she was going to struggle thinking she would go to dead last, but the luck come and the runs opened up for her. And yeah, I think you're right. Off that slow, early tempo, like it gives all those other runners a chance as well to be able to produce something. So she's gone eight lengths faster in the last 600 and just picked up as good as anything else off a slow tempo. Third fastest last 400, second fastest last 200. Yeah, if she gets out onto a big track, I think she'll improve again as well. So one follow in my opinion let's have a look at the three-year-old stays for the boys this was the vase on saturday afternoon and lindsay park they've got another pretty promising young horse it's for dad in front but apulia's coming with a searching run at the 300 meters for dad joined by apulia stride for stride then came air assault bull away sun source it's apulia up to for dad at the 150 it's apulia a nick in front of for dad a in front of Vadad and pulled clear, then Air Assault who whacks away, but Apulia wins. Apulia first, Vadad second, Air Assault third. No, absolutely, he really appreciated the quick backup. He was just on the back of a slow pace and he was just doing a few things wrong. So he's a big, strong colt and um, he was really tough today and it was a 10 out of 10 ride from Mark Zara. We bred him in uh, racing in conjunction with the Garretts and they, uh, it was just such a huge result. Rhonda's actually shaking, she can't believe it. So uh, we'll see how he is and um, he's a big, strong colt. So I dare say he'll back up again. So Apulia heads to the Derby. He's the second favourite behind Riff Rocket at 275 with bet 365. Apulia at five. Sunsets at nine.
Cap Ferre at 11. Then Verdad didn't stay there, Mitchie Lewis. So he still goes to the derby, but it'll be hard to see him turn the tables on a puller. Yeah, well, how they've run the race is probably what's given a puller the chance. So that Verdad's nearly gone 15 lengths faster than the old benchmark average in the first 600. I think Apulia, who was backing up into this race, has that race fitness and was tested over the 2000. So off that hot tempo, it set Apulia up very well. So Apulia is going to be third, backing up again this week into the derby. I've sort of got my doubts that anything from this race will be the winner of the derby. Uh, I just sort of didn't really rate the race that well. And, but if I'm Riff Rocker, I'm pretty excited to see someone like Verdad come into the field and put a bit of tempo in the race that might help you a little bit. I don't think they'll do that with Verdad, but I think it didn't work. No, they'll the learn their day. lesson. I think they'll follow some a follow a helmet somewhere with Verdad and see if he can um, get a trip like that because he, he can't get that trip mm. if he... If You've got a Gambare in the race. Yeah. TC probably takes the ride there. He is going, though, isn't he? Because haven't they already announced Jai McNeil was going to ride him? Yeah, but Dad's definitely going to oh, the yeah. yeah, Yeah, it's locked in. Hey, let's let's listen to Tom Kitten winning the Spring Champion Stakes on Saturday. Tom Kitten got to the front. 200 metres to run. And Tom's going strongly. Look at Tom go. Two, three, four in front. Capra down the outside in a second. But that's the best of Tom Kitten today. A much-deserved Group 1 victory. Tom, Look, Tom Kitten's misfortune's been immeasurable the last three starts. And uh, it's just so nice to see for the horse's sake that he was able to get into the clear and give himself every opportunity to, to show how good he is. And uh, look, I hope he didn't do too much in the win. But uh, look, he's a, he's a, he's a He's a champagne colt, and uh, and he's and he's won a and he's won a champagne race. So we're absolutely delighted for him, and uh, and uh, now we can you know now we can be comfortable that when it really mattered, he, uh, he 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 was able to get the job done. So hats off to James. He was telling us at the start of the spring this is the race for Tom Kitten, and he was given a peach by Hippo, um, and he's not going to the Victoria Derby. The only horse out of that race really was. Um, Cap Ferret, who is definitely going, and it's in the market there with Bet365. You've got Dan Bearer there as well, too. Yeah, yeah, so $11 and Gomboray at $13 as well. Um, can any of those horses win a derby, Mickey Gannon? Mm, I, no, I don't think so. Cap Ferret maybe could, could win a derby. Obviously, Madatsu from that race pulled up with coughing and yep. you name it, it pulled up with it. Um, Oh, just on the derby, I, I would probably be, I know Mitch is the other way. I'd rather have a puller than Riff Rocket, to be honest, at, the, at those prices at $5 and $2.75. Um, be more in the uh, in the camp of a puller. But from the uh, spring champion, no, but Tom Kitten, wow. Way. And it just goes to show, G, you know, sometimes you get your emotion in, and um, and you get punished because we were on that horse last start and just said we've had a gutful. But the reality is he was the horse we should have been on. Um, and Dino was, so full credit. And I think when you listen yeah. to those beaten jockeys, Dino, when Nashville Willard comes back and says, this could be the best horse that I've ridden, you sort of have to prick your ears and take notice. You do. I think I think the hardest thing is that the odds is he's been going around. I think if you, you keep chiming in, it gets to a point where you, it does affect you emotionally. You've got to sort of put a stand there. But it's easy. If you hadn't backed Tom Kitten before the weekend and you looked at his runs, he would have been the easiest bet possible. We all had been on him and he starts prior. So... Yeah. Uh, we feel a little bit sick with those runs, but he was great. I think the ride was even better in the sense that I feel like there was a little bit of pressure even from uh, the way we were speaking to use gate one to settle closer to the speed, but I'm glad he didn't because they've gone really fast. You know, I think if he settles any closer to the speed, he probably a little bit dour late. So it's a brilliant ride. Um, 
no external pressure. Um, Hippo just rode him how he wanted to, and he was the strongest horse late. Um, back on the, the derby as well, G, I just want to touch on, I, I love the run of Verdad. I thought the way that the race was run wasn't set up for him. And at the odds, he'd be the one I'd be chiming into in the derby. Purely on odds, I just think he was unsuited upside down there on the weekend. There's a couple of ways you look at Riff Rocket. If he does what he did at Flemington the other day, he will just win, you would imagine, because they've got to make six or seven lengths up on him. The other question regarding that is they did walk in that race. And whether, if it's a truly run derby, whether that will... That will um, sort him out in a way. There's a few question marks whether he can he can finish yeah. off over 2,500 meters. Could so, be a bit too classy for a derby, Jay. Yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking. So, mm. um, but it depends on the tempo, and it'll be interesting to see how they run this year's Victoria Derby. Okay, just quickly, here's um, Espiona winning the invitation, which is a race I think that's getting lost a little bit. But here's Espiona. Espiona is getting right to the outside and coming home with a very good run. Alcohol free moved up, hit the lead. Magic time keeps coming. Espiona's lengthening on the outside with Ruthless Dame knuckling down. What a great finish here. Espiona trying to shake off Ruthless Dame. Magic time's brave. Espiona laying in, nose in front, just won it. Espiona just won the invitation from Ruthless Dame. Well done to Karen McAvoy. She's not an easy horse to ride there, Dean Watling, but she gets the job done, Espiona, in the shadows of the post. Dave Eustace was keen on Ruthless Dame throughout the week, and he was nearly right. And then Magic Time, third alcohol free, was much improved, finishing fourth. Um, your thoughts there, Dino? Yeah, you summed up really well. Great ride by Sam Clifford and Gate 14 got the back of Magic Time, and that nearly won it the race. I thought the market was interesting here. Espiona was a favourite throughout the week and then the late money magic time into 270 late started a firm favorite obviously three wide i think if it was 1200 meters um she probably wins but that 1400 meter start there's that extra turn that you got to do so probably cost of the race but i prefer jockeys and tyler Shalila to go forward i would have loved him to slot in but she was great and espiona it's the straightest i've seen her go for a while she's in a rich vein of form and we forget obviously she had her issues and um, the hype around her, but she's going outstanding. So, oh, I think top three in the market, even her alcohol-free gano, she was great back to 1,400 metres. Yeah, yeah, she was good. We nearly got the job done. Nearly. But nearly's not good enough. Is there a race in her, this campaign, alcohol-free, Mickey Gannon? Oh, maybe, GR. Yeah. I think you just see her in the autumn. She'll come back bigger and yeah. stronger again. Mitchie Lewis, any, any, any take on the invitation? Because... It's sort of like you've you've got the Empire Rose. It's it's a, the big group one during the Flemington Carnival. It's the, these mares are getting split up. I know the the invitation was worth two million dollars, but yeah, it would be. I think, yeah, yeah, interesting. One one thing I will say, just a little self thing. Yeah, I was disappointed. I shouldn't have hopped off Thursday. I text Dino some of my Sydney tips after, and Espiona yes, was one of them. So I could have been yeah. I could have been off the mark with the Sydney winner on air, but it's still you're still <laughs> hey, waiting there you, for that. Usually you, te- you text the host usually, and then you would have you would have yeah. <laughs> yeah learn your lesson, son. The opposition's not going to Dino's not going to um, um, give out. Your yeah, he said, "Can you pass these on to G? I said, "Yeah, sure." Yeah, please. yeah. Um, <laughs> let's go. I reckon Gringotts was in there too. Yeah, all right. Then. Oh, <laughs> settle down, mate. You don't, you don't want to be a tipster after the after the yeah, after the on, weekend. Mate. You're better than that. Nah, it's all right. I've got I've got receipts. It's not like I'm making oh, yeah. it up. <laughs> it's no good telling us now. Um, here You're we right. go. Uh, we're we're going to get through these text messages. Imperatory's proving she's the best sprinter in the country, maybe the world, but can't fully say it has her ownership group shied away from the Everest. It's a good point. Oh. 
It was, I still can't believe they didn't go to the Everest. Um, but she is three from three. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Jamie Carr needs to reunite with Saki. Both may get their mojo back next run by dictating from the front. That's from Gaz from Strathmore. Um, maybe. I think, yeah, maybe really that could be the case. Though, I think Laney will stick with, with Saki in the champion stakes, however. Uh, Milo needs to issue a public apology for his commentary. <laughs> Imperatories being too short. Um, a dollar uh-huh. ten would have been value for this horse. Set <laughs> Jet, best sprinter in the world. Sir Rupert Clark for Antino, November eighteen. Looks a perfect race if Golan wants that Group One in Melbourne. That's an interesting. I, I, I don't mind that idea because I don't Ooh. think he's going to win a Champions Mile. That the Sir Rupert Clark handicap conditions could be his race there, Mitchy. Yeah, that's a good idea. I, I think you're right. I, I don't think the Champions ones yeah. are his better chances, so why not go there? You'll avoid some of the other ones a little close up their prep for sure by then. Prowess, I was so keen on her for the Cox Plate, spewing she had that setback. She'll win the championship stakes and next year's Cox Plate. That's from Ronnie. I, I don't think she can beat West Wind Blows, can she, Dino? No, it's interesting. She's the one on the up. She's still got so much improvement yeah. to come. She was first up there, so... It's hard to – you can't really put a, a guide on where she's at just off that one run, but it's exciting. We'd love to have her back and fill those weight parade ranks because we need horses like her in there. Now that Luna Flair's unfortunately been retired, I have to find another horse for the Cup. I'd love to hear Gareth Dean and Mickey's opinion and, of course, Mitchie's oh, on Vorban. Oh, you're as right, Miles <laughs> As Miles has pretty much declared Vorban. Well, I think Vorban's too short. There's no doubting his quality. He gets Ryan Moore. Willie Mullins is a legend. You know – I don't know. I, 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 I'll take him on, on on that first Tuesday in November, but I could be wrong. He's got some terrific European form, but um, he's too short for my Mickey. Yeah, shoulders, arms at the moment for me, G. I, yeah. I haven't done too deep a dive, but taking $4 on a horse I don't know much about would just be incredibly silly. Mitchy Lewis? Uh, were we talking about four band. band's chances yeah. or anyone's chances? Anyone's chances, yeah. Look, I think you... Ash run for me, how excited Kieran was that he finished second in that race. I think they just know that they can get him to peak in the Melbourne Cup. 51 and a half kilos. He, he's one to me that just wouldn't surprise. He couldn't beat a 10-year-old in the Geelong Cup, Mitchie. No, he's a good 10-year-old. <laughs> yes, I mean, he's good, he's good if you're back good in 41. Dino? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a fascinating Melbourne Cup. We always don't tend to shy away from these favourites, but you sort of outside of the top 10 we, we speak of, it, it really drops away this year. Obviously, we talk about Equinox a bit and the horse that ran seconds with ties into break-uppers in the market. I just love the preparation without a fight. I think it's just been absolutely pin-perfect. They still think he's got improvement to come and the weight, he's going to still get 56.5, but I think he can do it so early, but... Like I said, there's so much to play out, but without a fight, he, he looks the one that I'm sort of leaning to early on. I don't think there's too much to play out. Geez, I'm bullish about a Melbourne Cup hopeful a week out with without a fight. Like his Caulfield yeah. Cup run was exceptional. He'd be third up. Sarah sticks. You have a look at the forecast. Weather's perfect. So I think that would have played it. He would have called Jane Bunn, Mark Sarah, and and ask what what what's the weather doing, Jane? And it's perfect and sunny, and we'll have a good track at Flemington. So, I think without a fight, he, he represents good value for mine at the moment. I think he's worth a play. What um, price at, is he? Eight, he's eight dollars with Bet three six five. Now you're he probably going to get similar. And I could definitely Cup start favourite. Do you reckon he'll start favourite without? He a could fight? start yeah. favourite. Yeah, I'm not I think saying he will. Ben he could. will start favourite. I think he'll. I think he'll replace. Yeah, but what happens if he draws barrier twenty four? Yeah, um, that's a good point. But he'll. 
I've got no doubt he'll, he'll start. Jump over them all. Yeah, he'll start in front <laughs> well, of. Do. He'll start in front of Gold Trip because of the weather and the and. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You make a good point in that sense if you look at the market. He's the one that's got to get out Gold Trip. He, he's way too short yeah. at the moment. Love the valley. We have fully appreciated how much the committee are changing the fabric of this great race by altering the dimensions of the track. I think it's criminal. That's from Riley for Essendon. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out, Riley. I was talking about this yesterday with a few people. I can't, you can't make a comment until you actually see what the redevelopment looks like. Um, and I think that the race will be run under lights with the new look Mooney Valley. But there was a couple of problems there at the Valley on Saturday. You couldn't get any internet. Um, mm. the lift My mate, broke. our mate was calling me getting, I was in Bunnings, you wouldn't believe it. And yeah. I was like, he's like, what are you up to? I said, mate, I'm just in Bunnings trying to get some work done. He goes, you wouldn't believe it. I can't get a bet on. Can you have yeah. X amount on Vidad? Yeah. Well, unfortunately for him, I got on. Yes. <laughs> Cost us a fortune. We're trying to get on Mitchie Lewis best at, at Morphinville and we, we all, they couldn't get on. That was beautiful. That, that, that is bad though, isn't it, G? But like one of the biggest race meetings of the year, yep. you can't get a bet on your phone. Makes yeah. it hard. Equinox, when you look at the galloping action, reminds me of Black Caviar. It looks effortless, um, yet they are flying. That's from Swanee. Val and Declare is a good place bet, surely with recent form. He was mighty, the big chestnut. No weight on his back. He hasn't performed in recent Melbourne Cups, but he does get some weight relief come Tuesday week. And he gets a dry track. I think that's the biggest thing for him. And he gets back to Flemington. I think he's a chance. It was a mighty run at Mooney Valley Friday night. He was... He was never on the track. I don't think Cleveland can win a Melbourne Cup. Can he, can he Mitch? No, I don't think so. Um, he's got, I don't know, it was a good ride by J-Mac, but no, I'm not sure. He gets himself in there. I'm not sure much out of that Mooney Valley Cup will give the uh, Melbourne Cup a push. Yeah, and so you've got won- more felons there for um for Chris that sort of came over the top late and could just be wanting the 3,200 with 50 kilos currently 30th order of entry might sneak in. Is that the Geelong, Geelong Cup? Cup? Probably the only horse that I'd want to follow out of the Geelong Cup. Now, boys, part of the weekend preview, we might go through some of our our best bets throughout the Flemington Carnival from a features point of view. I'm just going to help you out a little bit to kick off proceedings, all right? Um, Victoria Derby, it's a difficult race. I'm probably with a puller in, just in front of Riff Rocket. I've got question marks whether Riff Rocket can, can get the trip. Melbourne Cup all over without a fight. VRC Oaks. I went through it again last night. I'm with Sardozzi at $5 here, Mickey Gannon. Yeah, I think at the moment, Tropical Squall's too short. I think that's a silly price. Sardozzi, $5 fair price. Uh, Serve Cold was pretty, it was pretty good in the Geelong Classic as well. I think they're the three that I'd be happy to uh, play around and have played around, too. Yeah, in secret, $3.50, I think it can defeat Imperatrice, but it's going to be a great race. Champions Mile, Mr. Brightside, and Champions Stakes. I don't know how you can go. West Wind blows, but I've got a roughie there for you in the Champion Stakes. Horse by the name of Buckaroo at $17, I think, can run a big race. Does Johnny O'Neill own that? He does, actually. <laughs> but I wouldn't write him down. It's, a, it's not a very strong Champion Stakes this year. Horses what def- I would say with the, yes. the mile and the stakes is it's, it's unless you're getting big odds like a buckaroo, it, it, you're going to have to just wait to the race. It's so hard to figure out who's going where. What's yeah, you want to know what. some some inside uh, info, wouldn't you, Dino? Well, I just told you, Dino. You've been yeah. listening. What what do you want? Yeah, to I have. But but stables change their mind. If someone pops up and the the miles the easier race, some might flick back to there. And I don't know. It just confuses me. Yeah. All right then. <laughs> 
black and white I can be, Dino. Like, oh. I, think, I think he just I think he just gave you the value tip, Dino. Yeah, I know, Buckaroo. Yeah. I can take it. All right then, boys. Um, horses to follow, Mitchy. Uh, one from Mooney Valley. I've got uh, race four, Solter. You know, you're never going to win when you have to come out that wide. But fastest last 400, fastest last 200. I think if you go to a different track, he's one you can follow. And yeah, I think Skybird as well, up to the thousand guineas for me. Yep. All right then, Mickey Gannon. Yeah, outside of all the obvious ones, uh, Fuertor, which is one of my better bets of the day, just didn't didn't get a chance. It was just swallowed up and sat along the fence for pretty much the majority of the race, G. So uh, I think that'll get the job done uh, next start. Dino? Third up. Yeah, just Skybird for me. I know it won and it's the obvious one, but can't wait for the clash there in the, the thousand guineas. It's going to be an outstanding race with Cremonu there too and Concur Volante as well. And just the, the last one, there's a few questions coming through. The Golden Eagle on the weekend. Amelia's Jewel 450, Y505, Dolls, 6, Legato 6. Om Burramai at $8, the Japanese horse. Attrition, who was a Turak winner at 13. Ozapenko, Craig Williams rides at 13. And then the Godolphin four-year-olds, Empericles and Golden Mile. Our Ruthless Dame, I don't know if she'll back up, but she's $17 in that race. Um, Amelia's Jewel, they tell us she's back on track. Blinkers on. I hope she wins. I don't think you can back her at full 50, but I hope she wins. Dino? No, it's, it's going to be an amazing race. You look at the list of horses there. We've got the Legato coming across. I can't wait for it. Me and Mitchie are on Kovalenka. That's probably the way I'm leaning early into six cells is short enough. But I think barriers are going to be very, very crucial in this even race. Okay. Mitchie? Yeah, I was going to say, it's going to be hard for me to analyse. Me and Dino took an early ticket a few weeks ago on Kovalenka. So I'm just going to have bloody, what's it called? Rose glasses staring at Kovalenka all week. So yeah. probably not much... I'm just yeah. interested to see Dino's opinion on this, but what speed is there in looking at this mark? Like it's early market. What speeds in this race, Dino? Yeah, Hawaii, Hawaii five zero is is it? Yeah, yeah. You Golden Mile, but it's a hot... yeah. It, it definitely can sit up on speed as well. Can sit on I speed, think... but like as lead leading. I don't know. I find it yeah, yeah. devoid of a leader, G, and I think that's going to play in the hands of Hawaii five zero. Millie's Jewel can jump on the speed as you've you found out late, um, in that race at yeah. um, Mini Valley. Blinkers on. That's true. That is true. That um, is very true. I think it's well, a high pressure race worth, what is it, worth $10 million. I think that, there'll be tempo. And Giga Kick should be, not Giga Kick, um, think about it. You can't get an all in price for the nowhere with the, with the Giga Kick. The yeah. Mm. But think about it should be winning. Anyway, boys, we'll be thinking about it all week because it's, it's, um, the week leading up to Cup Week, it doesn't get any better. Job well done as always. Anything else to add before we say goodbye? Goodbye to you, Mitchie Lewis. Yeah, thanks, boys. Ooh. I'll speak to you during the week, no doubt. Yeah, you're heading to Flemington? Yeah, I'll be in Melbourne come Friday for about a week, so I'm sure Look I'll out. run into you somewhere, G. Mickey Gaddon, you're heading to Melbourne as well? I'll be down there. Not sure when, but I'll be down there. All Make right, sure punters tuning in tonight for the all-in show as well, G. All-in show tonight there on the Great Tip-Off. How do we... Watch and listen to that, Mickey Gannon. Just subscribe to the Great Tip Off YouTube, and you'll be able to get to all of Dean Walling's future plays. Dano, you make sure you put some makeup on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you need I'll to live what, a bit. I was I was going to come down to Flemington, but I'm just giving myself a gut buster first up on the weekend. So <laughs> I'll be there, but I might be there in spirit. All right then, 
Geez, it takes you a while then to regroup then, Dino. He's a bit gutless, isn't he, Dino? Like he'll he'll give everyone a spray for not pulling up well, but he's had he's had a shocker here. Actually, I saw it firsthand. Um, mm. But anyway, you just got to learn from your mistakes, Dino. Yeah, you can't go out. You can't go out. 20 lengths above benchmark there and then try and work out and try and finish home. So speaking of learning yeah, from mistakes, G, I'll make sure I put my uh, phone on airplane mode after five o'clock on Saturdays from yes, now on. That's a very good point to make. And well, <laughs> and make sure you drink responsibly. And that's what Dino did because he started to drink on the waters and I was proud of you by the end of the day. Um, and the $50 voucher for the Osborne rooftop and bar South Yarra. Join us at the Osborne rooftop and bar South Yarra for the ultimate Melbourne cup day celebration. Uh, number ending in one, two, two. Sir Rupert Clark for Antino, November 18. Looks a perfect race if Golan wants that group one in Melbourne. I don't mind that idea. So there you go. $50 voucher for the Osborne rooftop and bar South Yarra. Heading your way. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks, Mick. And thanks, thanks Dino. Thanks, boys. See you Nine, later. 9.28. Uh, let's take a break and we'll come back with plenty more here on Giddy Up.